0: The one that depicts my mom at 31 and myself at 31 and my mom at that time oh, had yeah. two bigger kids and I have a suitcase and a glass of champagne in my hand and <laughs> I'm always just jumping between careers and, and it's just, you know, it's hard. It's hard to justify that in a world. It's hard to justify that in, in conversations when people are just like, why? Like, what are you doing with mm-hmm. your life?
1: Hi, this is Bianca, and this is Anna, your hosts of Girl Talk Mondays podcast, where we discuss female empowerment, love and relationships, and everything in between. In this podcast, we speak to founders of fashion businesses, content creators, entrepreneurs, psychologists, and authors to inspire women
2: to reach and fulfill their dream careers. So welcome to Girl Talk Mondays! Mondays.
1: Today we speak to Lainey Molnar. Lainey is an illustrator, social media professional, and Hungary's first fashion blogger, devoting her career to creating female
2: empowerment illustrations to change the way women are viewed and judged by society.
0: Thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for this lovely introduction. Um, I don't usually know how to introduce myself because... um, There's just so much that I do. So I've been working in and around fashion for the last 12 years. And uh, I also worked with uh, influencers and as a digital business manager. So I have a lot of experience. But the main theme in my life has always been women. So I always worked with women, um, wrote for women, talked to women, um, just did everything basically, with women. And I did not realize that until the point that I started making these illustrations, which was which was actually not even on purpose. I just started drawing about my own experience as a woman in the world. And um, I didn't even know if people would react to it. I just knew that for me, it was something to, to channel. And it just blew up. And to experience that women all over the world, when it comes to you know, Malaysia, or Africa, or South America, or, you know, New York, women are going through the exact same things on a different scale. Mm -hmm. But uh, they all have their different stories. And they all really, really eager to share and to be heard. And to see that and experience that that there's this beautiful community of women who are extremely open and unfiltered about their own really personal and really deep and really emotional experiences about being a woman in this world and and going through these things. It's just Mm. something that I didn't expect to happen. I always thought that there was this boundary that women are not open enough about these stuff because they cannot be, Mm. because we don't talk about them. We don't um, have this conversation and women are not allowed to say these things out loud. Like I'm child-free or Mm -hmm. I have been harassed several times while walking home. These are just not Mm -hmm. things that we usually have a conversation about because it's either so harsh and so serious or just uh, they put themselves up for bullying or attacks. And I approach it in such an emotional and and universal way that kind of has the ability to bring these women together to talk about these Mm -hmm. things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. It's really what you do in your work. Could you tell us a little bit more about how you started? So you mentioned briefly about working with women, but how did you go from your other roles into moving into being a full-time illustrator?
0: Uh, This was actually never the plan. Uh, I was, I was working with, with influencers doing strategy, um, mostly with women led businesses or influencers and it came it came from my background because I started blogging like fashion blogging when I was 20 so that was around 2009 and I was one of the first ones doing it in my country so it kind of blew up and I was living really publicly so I had a lot of experience with um, the business around it and also being a public figure so when when like after like six or eight, six, seven, eight years, I received so much hate on the internet that I decided I would never put myself out there again because I was always, um, speaking my mind. I was always just, uh, bringing up the same topics that I'm bringing up now, uh, writing my blog. I, I published a book. It was, it was a lot and it was a lot for a lot of people and I just received so much hate and it wore me off. So, um, Basically, I just swore that I will never be public on the internet again. I will never put my face out mm-hmm. there. But I still had so much to say. And I didn't really bridge yeah. this gap for, for a long time. And when it happened, it was last year, actually, not even a year ago. It was last April when I uh, actually did first up these series when mm-hmm. I just created this avatar that was an illustrated form of of myself. And I my thought process was, how about I put this little drawn person out there to communicate what I had to say mm-hmm. and, you know, just keep the distance and not put myself out there for the haters. And it just had a life on its own after a few months and and it just mm-hmm. became something big and women really reacted to it. So, like, I, I always wanted to do art full-time. I just never thought that it was, you know, an option mm-hmm. uh, at yeah. all. Like, I've I've been drawing since I was five or six or when you know the first time I could hold a pencil it's been my passion and my hobby and now it's my job and
1: my career and it's beautiful. I love the combination of the fact that you're able to put together these beautifully drawn illustrations you're obviously you know an exceptional artist but it's also your captions that are so interesting Mm -hmm. and they really make you feel something and no matter who reads them Everyone can connect to some kind of topic. But so what you do is about, you know, empowering women. Is there a difference between that and feminism? Would you consider yourself a feminist as well? That's a really interesting question. And it's something that I'm
0: asking myself every day because... I got this question a lot when um, my content went viral and I, I had, you know, a bigger audience and they always asked me like, are you a feminist? Do you consider yourself a feminist? Do you do feminist art? And I was just like, no, I'm not a feminist. I didn't really know anything about the movement besides that the word has a lot of bad meaning and it's, it has such a bad taste. Um mm-hmm when 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 we use it in a context of just casually saying that hey i'm a feminist and i didn't really research the movement i didn't really research any of this because for me what what i believe in and what you know women equality means doesn't need a label so for me this was always something that i was standing for but i didn't i was shying away from actually calling myself a feminist because i didn't have enough knowledge about the entire movement to just label myself with it And I didn't want to stand for a movement I don't really know a lot about.
2: Uh, Yeah, like, like you said, I feel like feminist is such a, like, it's a word that can be taken in many different ways. And there's been so many bad connotations to it. We've heard, um, you know, I think a lot of men mention it in times and they say, oh, you're such a feminist. Like, that's kind of where it got its bad rep. But really feminism is only positive. It's only shedding light on, you know, women's uh, rights, women's abilities to do things in everyday life. I mean, it's such a, such a powerful movement that I don't think we should be looking down upon. Yeah. Um, And it's, wrong to call yourself a feminist at all I think it's amazing but we wanted to ask you a little bit more about social media because we know you you know you've worked within social media before you've been a blogger I feel like you've done a 360 you've done everything (laughs) and now you know you're working a lot with women empowerment Um, we kind of wanted to ask you about the effects that social media has on, uh, you know, the behaviors of young girls, or, you know, even women, how can social media affect us in a good way and a bad way? What do you think? I feel like the conversation about the bad way social
0: media affects us is, it's kind of what we're always having. And 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 it, it makes me feel really tired when I I talk about that because everybody knows how bad it is and everybody personally experiences to you know they go on social media and 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 they scroll and they feel bad about their life and um, we know that young women especially just go through a lot of identity search uh, periods when they just rely on social media and something that they see there and you know we all know that it's it's unhealthy. But I love to talk about how positive it can be because um, I'm trying to preach this and and talk about this uh, as many ways as possible that uh, social media builds communities and what we're lacking Mm -hmm. in real life because social media took away the communities and what we didn't have for the longest time because we were so used to just being individuals on social media and influencers on social media that we follow that we didn't really connect with groups of people. So it was, you know, we use for example, we used Facebook to, you know, reconnect with old school friends, but we didn't really have that ability to really build up connections and really build up like new communities that are Mm -hmm. deeper than just a hobby. And right now, what I see and what I think, what I think the future of social media is, um, individuals who can create communities around really good causes, and I see it happening every single day. And and these women and men and and. Um, even the youth, they're just trying to mm. rally these causes and not really pushy, not like a pushy way. I, I don't believe in that, but just by leading by example and, and really just highlighting good things in the world and, um, you know, like body positivity or mental health awareness or, you know, just really being unfiltered and honest and sharing the bad moments too. And it really creates a community where people can have conversations, whether with the influencer or, you know, just in comments. And I find that really beautiful. And I feel like this could have such a positive ripple effect to everybody's life, because we are slowly just getting back to the community based living. And we can meet people Mm -hmm. online this way that we connect with in real life and, you know, make better and, you know, like real life friendships, which is which is so hard. Honestly, I'm always talking about this. I'm a woman in her 30s. It's so hard to make real life friends. And I really mm-hmm. wish that it would happen in a way that's, you know, social media is helping us to do that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've made so many friends on social media. I actually met Bianca at an event when we were both there mm-hmm. for a perfume launch and then after that we've been so close ever since. So I feel like there are so many beautiful aspects, but on the news it's always like doom and gloom and Everything about social media is horrible. But yeah. like you said, there are little pots of gold where you can really find connection and like-minded people. And just like your channels, they bring so much light to so many people
1: and they make people feel less alone as well, which is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's like really well said from both of you. Um, but I, I feel exactly the same. I mean, I've been doing social media also for like crazy to think it's six years now. And I know myself, even though when I feel like there are moments I wish I was no longer on it, there are bigger moments where I feel like really grateful that I have this platform and I'm able to share what I love and, you know, do the podcast, meet new people. And um, I think it's an amazing platform. It's kind of about balancing the bad with the good and also knowing how to deal with that kind of pressure, even though no one should have it. It shouldn't be like allowed on social media, just like you wouldn't necessarily say those things or do those things to a person face to face. But life is also what it is. And that's just a part of, you know, everyone's like profile on social media, I think, whether you're an influencer or not. Of course, the scale is escalated, but it's also a part of it. And as you vouch to never leave social media, what has this industry brought to you that you feel you wouldn't have without it? Wow. Okay. Um, that's a really good question.
0: Because I have this love-hate relationship with social media. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's all I know. Um, I was actually 15 years old when I joined MySpace. And I had like 7,000 friends. I was really, really pushing to, you know, be cool in MySpace. And that's all I know. That's what I grew up with. And and obviously, um, it's just really hard to answer why why i would never consider leaving it or what it's just uh giving me basically everything that's all i know it's like <laughs> it's so hard to explain because it's just an environment that i i would say it's kind of like when you work for like a really big company and you know that there are rules and you know that there are like downsides and you know that your boss is kind of an asshole but you still are passionate about what you're doing and you really have goals in that field I. I
1: think it's the same thing like we know the upsides we know the downsides but we still learn to love it do you think it's actually more difficult because it's interesting that you said you grew up with social media and you were on myspace since 15 Um, same for me I started a Facebook account when I was 12 and even though it's not the same thing at all to what I do now it's still you know I still had a presence somehow on the internet Um, so I feel the same But how do you think it impacts the even younger generation who really grow up, you know, as like even under 10 years old who have got like Instagram accounts or um, TikTok accounts or whatever the new thing is now for those kids? You know, do you feel like you actually have that kind of audience um, on your page as well? Like, Do younger people follow you and do you think that they fully realize the impact of these topics and of social media?
0: Thankfully, yes. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's the majority, but I
1: do get messages
0: from 14, 15 year olds who actually have a lot to say about these things. And it's really interesting to hear their point of view. And this entire Generation Z is such a puzzle for me because I don't really know um, people that age, but mm-hmm. I hear a lot of feedback, um, maybe not a lot, but I hear feedback and, and, and I feel like Actually, the biggest difference is that when we were growing up with social media, our parents had no experience and they had no idea how to educate us or like we had to find our own way. And Mm -hmm. this generation of teens right now or preteens, their parents know how social media works. So I'm not sure if it's going to be easier or harder for them because on one side, um, their parents had their own experience with social media and they're going to project it on their children, like be overprotective or, you know, just not allow them to have social media or just be like, hey, we're going to control everything, but then they need to live their social lives on there because that's how it works and they cannot be cool at school if they don't have social media. It's a really, really, really complicated thing and I really do not envy the parents who are raising the next generation who are actually... You know, toddlers when they start um, watching the YouTube cartoons and just get on social media at like eight, ten years old, it's, it must be really hard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't imagine.
2: Thank God I don't have kids right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was I was just gonna ask you, so how long have you been um, actually actively creating illustrations for your current Instagram account? Just, uh, I started uh, last April,
0: I think. Okay. Oh, with the comics. Okay. No, actually, so I was I was just posting drawings for, for probably a year now, and I didn't mm. really want to do it's anything on that time. profile. Yeah, I was, yeah. you know, just drawing really, really random things, like celebrity-inspired mm. drawings and Harry Potter-inspired drawings. I'm a huge
2: Harry Potter fan. Everyone loves that. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter is amazing. But yeah, I was going to ask, that's actually such a short amount of time, which is incredible. And it really shows how connected people are to your work. But I was going to ask, what are some of your favorite um, cartoons that you put out there and the messaging behind them?
0: I get this question a lot and it's so hard to pick. I feel like it's the same when people, like I have 39 tattoos and people always ask me like, which one is your favorite? It's like picking a favorite child. <laughs> I, love <to> <laughs> I love all of them. But I usually say um, the one that depicts my mom at 31 and myself at 31 and my mom at that time. had oh, um, two bigger kids and I have a suitcase and a glass of champagne in my hand and for me it's it's really it was really impactful for basically i did it for myself and i really a lot of lot of women uh, connected mm-hmm. to it but i did it for myself because um, i know that i've always been looked down upon and stigmatized for for making different life choices and i've never you know lived the traditional route i didn't go to university. I didn't have a job. I started my own business. I traveled the world. I I don't have children. I'm not settled down. I, I'm i always just jumping between careers. And, and it's just, you know, it's hard. It's hard to justify that in a world. It's hard to justify that in, in conversations when people are just like, why? Like, what are you doing with mm-hmm. your life? And clearly not that. Like, I'm not having children, which is actually beautiful. And I admire women who who choose that way, because it's not the easy way at all. I don't think any of that is the easy way. It's just, it's it's always hard, whatever you do. So for me, that was really impactful.
2: Yeah, I actually saw that one. And I I loved it. I resonated so much with it, because I have a lot of friends who are in their early, well, late 20s, 30s. And they feel the same. They're like, why can't I keep having my career? Why do I need all these pressures from people in my family or surrounding me? It should be fine for me to have my own life and build my own life. So yeah, I love that one as well. Mm Um, But you actually mentioned that you've started various businesses yourself. So I just wanted to ask you, what was some of the biggest lessons you've learned from these experiences? I feel like
0: this might be the cliche answer that everybody just brings up, whoever um, started businesses. It's the the failure bit. It's that... um, like it. It took me a long time because, it's, especially because I was always, you know, living publicly. So I was always judged on social media and and whatever I started, I just had this entire um, pressure. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed. Otherwise, people will judge me. I was always so terrified because of the amount of hate and bullying I got, and it took me a while to realize that. I have to learn how to to fill in these things and I learn how to let go and and know when to let go. And that means that by the time I found something that I was really passionate about, it was really just about loving the entire process. And it was not about, Mm -hmm. you know, reaching a certain level and making a certain amount of money or having, you know, any kind of like traditional milestones, which is, um, You know, actually what usually businesses are about. It's like, you know, how to build up something, how to make money, how to have customers, how to do this and that. But for me, it just really changed. And maybe that's why I ended up with the career that, you know, I'm doing now, that I just couldn't do that. I, I really I realized that when I was younger, all I wanted to be is, you know, a rich woman. I wanted to be wealthy and successful and admired, and I wanted to be on the cover of Forbes and I had all these visions, which is also something that I draw about very frequently that, that I realized that money means nothing to me and chasing that actually was against my, my nature. And it's, it's really great to make money or have money, but it's not, it's not a goal. It's not going to make anybody happy, or it's not going to, you know, like carrying that handbag and having that status and going to that restaurant. It's, it's, it's really cool. It's, It's the coolest feeling in the world to feel cool and to feel successful, but it's not going to
2: give you that sort of satisfaction and self-fulfillment that something that you do out of passion will do. Definitely true. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that people that are now going into the workforce need to think about when they're choosing a job or, you know, they're choosing something
1: to get into. I think that's super important. You know, you've mentioned you have helped other content creators or businesses in developing their personal brand on social media. Why was this an interest for you? And why did you want to, you know, start helping others in building their brand as well?
0: Actually, it all came from an accidental, the, the only job I've ever had in my life, which is so weird. I was always uh, self-employed and I moved to Amsterdam in 2016 and I needed something to rely on at that point. So I started working for an influencer um, marketing agency. And I I made a lot of connections there. So I worked there for six months. And and when I left, I started um, management for a bigger influencer. And she was in fashion and and beauty and lifestyle. She had, I think, about 750,000 followers. So we worked together for a year and a half, and I kind of just fell into that position, and and I grew with that position, and then eventually I realized that that's what I wanted to do, and I wanted to work with women to help or women-led businesses to help them to find purpose while they're doing something on social media, because I was really um, seeing the industry from all sides, like as an ex-blogger, as somebody who worked for an agency and as somebody who did management, saw that um, it's really hard to actually create valuable content that's going to do well, not because it's like, this is what people want. This is all what people want, but there's such like a big boundary of like, hey, we're used to seeing this type of content. We're used to see pretty girls, thin girls, white girls in beautiful clothes. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones who will get the likes. I, I thought that this was not the way to go. And I wanted to help with, you know, my business knowledge and my social media knowledge and my kind of like a life coach ish um, approach to, to help scale digital businesses in that way. So, so they can focus on actually doing good in the world and and having a purpose, which is actually a really fulfilling thing. And I would say I miss doing that, but I love art so much. So it's, you know, it's, I'm kind of torn, but, but for now it's, it's something that I can also apply to my own business. And I also believe yeah. in these things and and try to incorporate these advices and, and tactics to my own page.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it kind of feels like you've combined everything you've worked on previously into your job now and made yeah. that your own thriving business, which is amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we wanted to... Ask you one last question about creating meaningful and engaging content on social media? Right now, everything is so saturated. There are so many accounts, there are so many people posting, there are so many messages out there. How what advice would you give to someone who wants to make a difference, who wants to either start an account or they have an account, they don't know what to do with it? What advice would you give to them to? Create something meaningful on their platform
0: well meaningful always comes down to genuine so if there is something Mm -hmm. genuine and it doesn't have to be a really big cost to stand for so what I think that um, we're following magnetic personalities we're following voices and we it always comes down to can you engage with your entire life can you be super transparent about your entire life because that's the type of creator that is the creator of the future So, um, somebody who is unfiltered and somebody who's just, you know, because when we follow someone and we align with their vision, we're interested in, what are you eating? What are you wearing for your workout? What are you putting on your face? How is your husband? How is your child? Yeah. It's, it's always going to be that sort of, so, so if a creator can be engaged on all these levels and be transparent and then stand for something, um, that's, that's really proactive and, and really amazing and really good. And it doesn't have to be something super deep. I love that there are a lot of creators who just really, really put themselves out there and, you know, they're, they're outspoken feminists, they're, you know, sexual assault survivors, but Obviously, it's not for everybody. And, and I feel like even when it comes down to fashion or beauty or lifestyle or, you know, all of these fluffy content that we, we're used to in a certain way. And the certain way was that one person was kind of just like, hey, look at me. This is what I wear. This is what I do. Look at me. And they, these people started to show more of what they think. And it It works. And it shows and they're growing and and it's their life and it's their personality. So I really think that to be successful in that way, one must have a really transparent and magnetic personality and really put themselves out there and really stand for some causes, like really, really vocally and uh, consistently stand for for certain causes, no matter how small or big.
1: That's actually a really interesting point because I have seen that and especially a lot over this last year when people are mm-hmm. you know not able to go out and do things and be social and travel you're kind of forced to create different kind of content and actually things get repetitive but you can start to see who has really like grown out of their shell on social media almost and mm-hmm. have found like these beautiful causes that you know I love following people for um Just as much as I like following people for inspiration and fashion and beautiful content too, like you said, this like, hey, look at me kind of photos or videos, but I like more when there is a deeper meaning to the message. And I feel like that is what social media is about. It's about creating this community and sharing thoughts and opinions. And um, yeah, I think that was really well said. And you could see it nowadays through like many different examples.
0: Yeah, I really yeah. agree because you can personally connect to that. And that's what that's mm-hmm. already a community when you personally connect to to someone and you're not their follower, you're a person who feels the same way and that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And you know mm-hmm. that that because they stand for something that all the other people who are following them also stand for those things or believe in those things or are curious about those things and you feel like you're a part of something bigger than yourself or you're a part of something on an equal level and not just looking up to that person who says that, Hey, look at me, 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 which is also, mm-hmm. you know, something that works in. And I feel like um, this is what generation Z on TikTok is really struggling with because it works for them because they're just yeah. like, Hey, look at me dancing. Hey, look at me. I don't know, mm-hmm. jumping around. It works, but that's a different type of content that we kind of mm-hmm. use as distraction and not to, you know, make mm-hmm. ourselves better or feel better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I think that mm-hmm. the creators who don't align with this or don't take steps in this direction, they will be left behind eventually. And I see a lot of signs that I, I don't want to, you know, specify, but there were a lot of big fashion bloggers about like eight or 10 years ago. They were really artsy, you know, maybe these minimal style. They were just taking all these photos of like beautiful sunshine hitting a beautiful pairs of pair of shoes and they're still doing that and it's not it's just not working and I see that a lot mm-hmm. because they just still have um they have their audience at arm's length and they're it's beautiful what they do and I wish they they all had like a print magazine that they put their beautiful images in because I find it fascinating and I could I not like I could never create those images they they just seem so you know complicated and beautiful but it's, it's, it's such a, a different type of content and social media is going in such a different direction that I think that they will just be left behind because it doesn't work anymore. Like it has to be some sort of depth and um, I'm actually really happy about that and I think it's a really good direction to go to.
2: Yeah, it's a bit scary though because you know, as a fellow content creator, I have this struggle where I have my personal life and then I have my online life and for me, it really helps to create a, a difference. Of course, I'm merging the boundaries a little bit with the podcast, but otherwise, there's two set entities there's me and there's me on social media. And I've really noticed, like you're saying, that doesn't really work anymore. Of course, people love beautiful outfits, but they also want to know more about you. But it's scary. Like, it's scary to put yourself out there, it's scary to be 100% yourself, show everything you're doing, show your boyfriend, show your family. It's really scary. So, yeah, what would you say would be the first step in overcoming this fear of sharing more?
0: I feel like the first step is realizing that you set your own boundaries and there's not there's not mm-hmm. not everything but nothing. And it's what you feel comfortable with sharing. So, to be honest, a lot of uh, women I work with who are influencers and in, in mostly in, in the fashion field, they, they say that I just assume that they don't care about these things because they follow me for fashion. And it's not yeah. true. They already follow yeah. you. Like you you have their attention and, and the more, and it doesn't matter how personal you get. You can draw the line at like, hey, I'm just going to show whatever I'm eating and how I'm working out. And sometimes what TV shows I'm watching. It's such a good start. And I, I usually say that um, stories or something that's like more an instant content, it helps a lot to actually um, loosen up and 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 see that people really react well to anything you share that's personal. It doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. you know, like your um, mental health uh, status right now. It doesn't have to be your family or, or anything super personal. It's up to you. I think the most mm-hmm. important thing is to just take a step in the direction of, um, of being transparent and and it can be anything and, and people really like your
1: followers will really, really react well and you will see that. I feel like it is really true that the audiences, no matter on which platform, they're seeking that now and the industry massively has developed since it first started. So those mm-hmm. who can catch on the wave and like with any career in any industry, you have to follow the patterns and provide value when it is sought. So... I completely agree. And um, yeah, that's what I love about the podcast, basically, that we get to do that for our audience. Well, I'm so glad I could help. For everyone Mm -hmm. listening, can you tell them where they can find you on social media?
0: Of course. I'm actually just on Instagram. I'm the one platform girl. And my tag
1: is at lainey.molnar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode with Laini Molnar. We hope you found this insightful and that you gain gained some tips and knowledge into the world of social media. We also hope that together we can build a stronger community for women where we support and move each other forward. Please do check out Lainey's page. She is an inspiration and talks about a lot of topics we really need to be more vocal about. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>